Hi, Crime Sal listeners. We're your host, Ashley and Ricky, and we're here today with another true crime episode that we both researched, put together, and hosted just for you in the form of a crime salad. The information that we find is found mostly on the internet, researching court documents, articles, and local news. And who doesn't enjoy investigating a true crime every Wednesday as you're working or driving your commute? Well, that's where we come in. And if you would like to help support Crime Salad, share our podcast with a friend and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any platform you listen to podcasts on. This week's episode is about a recent case which happened in Manitoba, Canada, so recent that Canadian police are still trying to hunt down two young individuals who are wanted for murder whose names are Cam McLeod, 19, and Briar Schmigelski, 18. Along the hunt for these killers, police are following what seems to be a trail of staged evidence. The two look to be pretty normal guys, but it just so happens that they are wanted for three murders, happening only miles apart from each other. It starts off with an adorable couple who were on an exciting road trip, planning to tour Canada's national parks together. It was the evening of July 13th, as they were driving a soft blue 1986 Chevy van. They briefly stopped at a gas station to fill up on gas and stock up on a few snacks. Afterwards, they both get into their van and continue their trip. The very next day, police find the very same blue van abandoned along Highway Alaska 97 with the back of the window broken out, along with two lifeless bodies who were later identified as American tourist Shina Dees, who was 24, and Australian Lucas Fowler, age 23. Police eventually spoke to a witness who saw the blue van broke down on the side of the road with its hood up. At 3.30 p.m., a man who was a mechanic and wife mentioned they stopped to see if the couple needed any help, but they seemed to be pretty content and had the situation under control. Another person drove by and saw a Caucasian man with a beard talking to the couple. According to the timeline, China and Lucas were shot and killed just shortly after seeing them. Police discovered their bodies as they were left lifeless with gunshot wounds to the head along the side of the Alaskan Highway. According to a highway worker, it was a grisly scene. Once the two were identified, the families were informed of the horrible news and the investigation continued. Police who were investigating were hoping someone who drove by had a dash cam or something that would help identify who was with the couple or if any other witness saw anything else. Although authorities did manage to release a sketch of a man who was seen speaking with one of the tourists on Highway 97. During this time, there were two young men who were reported missing. The two friends, Cam and Briar, were last seen driving a red truck traveling to Yukon for work. 
On July 18th, someone noticed a truck matching this description at the Kazer Mountain Jade, a small convenience store. When police pulled the surveillance, they confirmed that these are the missing guys, but they didn't seem to be in any trouble at all. The store clerk said they just stopped in for a free cup of coffee. This is something the store offers for free to help drivers stay safe on the road. So I feel like they would almost have to be up to something because if they were really innocent, wouldn't they just check in with their family and avoid all of this missing person stuff? Well, someone reported them missing, so obviously they were avoiding their calls. Yeah, I think so too. Well, this is where the story takes an interesting turn. Four days go by after the couple was killed along the highway, police came across something very strange. Near the community of Deese Lake, police received a call about a vehicle that was on fire. When they approach the scene, they see the abandoned red Dodge pickup truck outfitted with a camper that was completely engulfed in flames. Once the fire was out, it showed no evidence that someone was inside. Soon after, police realized this was the same truck the two missing young men, Cam and Briar, drove to Yukon with. So my first instincts here are they must be in some sort of trouble. Why else would their truck be set on fire, abandoned, and if they were there, not even reported to the police? And if that is the case, where are they trying to go without their vehicle? How far could they possibly get? A lot of things just aren't making any sense here. If they were in trouble, wouldn't they have at least contacted a friend or a family member? We know their family has been trying to get a hold of them. So what if they are on the run? They could have witnessed something awful and they're just too scared to tell someone. Or worse, they could be involved in the murder of the two tourists. And at this point, police don't really have an idea either. But they do seem suspicious. Even more suspicious being that the truck was intentionally caught on fire. So as the police are investigating the truck, a driver passes by the scene and mentions to police that he believes he spotted a body along the highway. Police drive about a mile down the highway, and sure enough, they find the body of an older man, who wasn't able to be identified on the scene, but appears to be the victim of a gunshot wound to the head. Again, just a mile away from the burning truck. A sketch was provided to the public by police to help identify the man, and soon they were able to identify him as 64-year-old Leonard Dyke, a sessional lecturer at the University of British Columbia. So where do police even begin? They now have three innocent people that have been killed by gunshot wounds to the head. Two young men are missing, but their truck has been found burnt. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it almost seems like a trail is being left for the police, and it's all leading to two people. This brings the police to the next step in the case. With what police found so far, with the surveillance footage and possibly evidence that was never released, Cam and Briar are no longer being considered missing, and instead, they're now considered the main suspects in the three murders. So now knowing what we know about the two now suspects of the case, before they were suspects, it's interesting to point out a few things that point to these two really being suspects. Police released a sketch of a man who a witness saw talking to the two tourists before their death. The sketch looks eerily close to Cam McLeod. 
If it's not him, all of this so far would be quite a coincidence. And another thing that's interesting here is that the public had access to what type of vehicle they were driving and when they first were reported missing. And I have a feeling that burning their vehicle felt like it was their only option to avoid getting caught. And it worked because police don't have a clue to where they could have gone or what they're driving now. And with this new information, the police and the public are in shock. Families in the area are terrified to even go outside with the news that there's two dangerous killers on the loose. And honestly, how would you even sleep at night knowing that dangerous killers are on the run and they could be in your town? These two could be looking for their next victim. You really have no way of knowing. So who are these two guys? We can't explain why they killed three people, but let's take a deeper dive into who these two are, well, from what we found out so far. Cam and Briar are two best friends who recently graduated from high school together. After graduation, the two both got jobs at a local Walmart, but wanted something that paid a little better. So they two set off for a road trip to Yukon. Before that, Briar was described as a big gaming nerd by one of his gaming friends on Steam and Discord. Steam is a social network for gamers, and Discord is a gaming chat room where you can text chat or voice chat with your friends while playing online video games. This friend said Briar had a fascination with Nazi history and collected many Nazi items. In an interview with Briar's father, he mentions that he was a troubled kid who struggled through his parents' messy divorce in 2005. During the interview, Briar's father insists that the two are good boys, but they're just lost. As of July 24th, police have received hundreds of tips from the public, and they are committed to following up on every single one of them as they come in. We're going to take a quick break here to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online service that I personally use for my mental health. They provide a number of professional licensed counselors who specialize in all situations that may be interfering with your happiness. It's seriously my personal outlet to get my mind right. It's affordable. It's so convenient. I decided to give BetterHelp a shot when I was going through a very anxious part of my life. So I just signed up and I was matched with an amazing counselor who was so willing to talk with me right away. We actually set up a video chat later in the week to catch up. We are all so busy. Give yourself the care that you need today. Start living a happier life. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash crime salad. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash crime salad. Throughout the search, the two guys are spotted in numerous locations in the surrounding area, and it kind of seems like a game of cat and mouse. Every time they check on a new lead, they receive another one in a totally different area. It's like they're always one step ahead of the police. In the town called Cold Lake, there was a helpful resident willing to help the boys as they were stuck on a road. She later told police they were driving a 2011 Toyota RAV4. But at this time, no one in the community reported a RAV4 missing or stolen. So this didn't really raise any red flags. And then, 
While in Split Lake, Manitoba, police say they actually stopped Briar and Cam as part of a routine alcohol checkpoint. When cops didn't find anything, they let the pair drive away. This was the result of a huge hole in communication across regions. Police responded after making this realization with the following statement. We weren't aware of the status of them being wanted. Apparently, after they came to our community, that's when they sent out the wanted status. So they had these guys right at their fingertips. Soon after this, police find another burned out vehicle, and this time it was confirmed to be the RAV4 the two were reported driving. So again, once the police were hot on their trail, they decided to ditch the vehicle and start over. Again, leaving police clueless to their whereabouts. But as hopeless as this case feels, they can't keep running forever. Eventually, they will show up dead or alive. It's now nearing the end of the two weeks of the manhunt, and the two suspects still haven't been found. On August 2nd, 2019, while searching a rugged part of Manitoba with the use of dogs, drones, and helicopters, the police locate several items on the shoreline, only about five miles from where the burnt-out vehicle was located. The police have confirmed that these items are directly linked to the boys. On the same day, a damaged boat was also found along the Nelson River. The police provide pictures of the boat, which it looks like it's been through intense rapids and rocks. The boat was bent in the middle, and it looks pretty beat up. Wow, I mean, from the looks of the boat, it doesn't look like it would have been a very smooth ride. Like, if they were in the boat, I wonder how likely it is that they even survived through the rapids. Yeah, I wouldn't think they would survive a ride like that, but it is possible that they only used the boat for a short amount of time, maybe in a section of the river that wasn't as rough. Or they could have just got out of the boat and pushed it down the river with the boat being empty. It's also important to point out that it has never been confirmed that the boat was actually used by Kim and Briar, but police decided it was worth investigating, which then led the team to conduct an underwater search approximately 29 meters around the location where the boat was found. But after an intense search, they come up with nothing and they make a public Twitter post saying they have finished the search and will not continue searching the area moving forward. The investigation is now entering week three. However, with the dive teams coming up empty on their search, an expert in tracking down fugitives steps in, saying that the next steps in this case will likely be getting into the heads of both Cam and Briar. Lenny DePaul, a former commander with the U.S. Marshall Fugitive Task Force and former TV host of the show Manhunters, said investigators will likely be trying to learn as much as they can about the backgrounds of the two boys as they continue tracking them through the wilderness. Investigators need to better understand how the two think. To do this, they will be looking through their phone records and the conversations they've had online. Much of the focus will be on the people they've been in touch with the most. Lenny went on to say, People who are on the run often reach out to close family members or a trusted friend, so investigators will be waiting and ready if this happens. They'll also be monitoring their financial records for bank activity 
and looking for things like the opening of a credit card. So it kind of makes you wonder if the numerous belongings along with the boat could have just been planted there as a distraction and something to stall the police. If this was the case, it could have allowed the two to make a run for it, because there's really only two possibilities. Either they've drowned in the water, or they changed their clothes and they're on the run. However, all of this is leading investigators to believe they could be in hiding in the Gillum area, which is surrounded by forests and swamps and has been described as an unforgiving terrain for anyone who's not prepared. So even if the boys had training, experts have said that the area is incredibly dangerous and has little to no resources available for the two inexperienced boys. The forest consists of thick brush, and the land is swampy, teeming with insects. And many believe that they'll either die in the wilderness, or they'll have to come out for food and water. So at this point, it's really just a waiting game for investigators. We wanted to share an emotional interview with Briar's father, where he talks about his son and how he believes the next few days will play out. It's pretty emotional, but listen to this next clip. A normal child doesn't travel across the country killing people. A child in some very serious pain does. Mounties are going to shoot first and ask questions later. Basically, he's going to be dead today or tomorrow. I know that. I would say... in peace, Byron. I love you. I'm so sorry all this had to happen. I'm so sorry that I couldn't rescue you. There's also another part of this interview that we didn't include, where his father recalled when his son bought a nice black suit with his second paycheck from Walmart. He said that he now realizes that this was his funeral suit. Sometimes it's hard to process emotions, you know, when you're reading things through articles. But when you listen to a father speak about his son, it really puts it into like another perspective. The whole thing is haunting. We would like to share with you more information about the victims that their friends and family have shared. Shina Deese is from Charlotte, North Carolina. She attended Appalachian State University and was known to have such a kind and adventurous soul. Traveling to different parts of the world, where she met her soulmate, Lucas, along the way. Lucas Fowler is the son of a chief investigator with the New South Wales Police Department in Australia. He tells the media that Lucas was a wonderful boy and that his family is crushed. He was remembered at his funeral as a young man who loved camping in the outdoors from a very young age and loved to travel and was very excited to go on the road trip with the love of his life, Shina. The two have been avid travelers and started dating in 2017 and met at a hostel in Croatia. And sadly, they will be missed by their friends and family. Leonard Dyke was a loving husband and father. His death has created unthinkable grief for the family as they're struggling to understand what has happened. Leonard was taking a solo camping trip through the wilderness when he was killed. He also spent two decades researching botany with a specific focus on seaweed. 
He earned his Bachelor of Science in Marine Biology in 1978, a Master's of Science in Botany in 1991, and a PhD in Botany in 2004. He has since been a botany professor at the University of British Columbia. Sadly, the lives of these three victims have been cut too short, and our hearts go out to the families for their loss. And although the hunt is still on for the two suspects, this concludes this week's episode. We'll keep you up to date as this case unfolds, so make sure you follow us on social media. And as always, you can find pictures of what we came across on our website at crimesaladpodcast.com. You're also invited to join us on our Crime Salad Facebook discussion group, where you can post links to cases you think are interesting, or share anything crime-related, and meet other true Crime Salad investigators just like yourself, and feel free to invite a friend. If you would like to support Crime Salad, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us now. Remember to follow us on Instagram and be sure to tell a friend about Crime Salad. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Crime Salad is a true crime podcast, delivering a healthy portion of crime. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. All the blood, blood, all the pain, pain. All the blood, blood, all the pain.